Welcome back to another episode of Everything Executive Coaching. This is Kim Addis. Let's get started. So Kim, this episode, we're going to be diving into how to get the most from coaching. And we've talked a lot about the journaling, and obviously that's a huge part. I would imagine that there's a direct correlation between how invested people are in their journaling process and how much they get from your coaching process. And we can touch on that a little bit. But I also wanted to ask you about this concept of being coachable. What does that mean to you? How does someone become a coachable person? Okay, so how do you become coachable? You become curious, you become open, right? You become prepared to look inwardly. You become prepared to take responsibility for what you're creating, what you're producing in the world. And that's how you become coachable. You're open to hearing, you're open to questioning, you're open to self-reflection, you're open to hearing what the coach has to say in their perspective and trying it on for size. Mm. Does that make sense? Does that provide insight? And so it doesn't mean you need to take everything the coach says, but it means that you have to contemplate what is being offered to you and say, okay, so like, how does this make sense for me? What does this offer me? How does this help me grow? A person who's coachable is a person who's ready to grow, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to be ready to grow, you have to kind of say, okay, like I'm prepared to take a very close look at how I operate in the world, how I show up. But you asked the question before, like, if I'm a coaching client, how do I get the most out of coaching? And I have lots of ideas for that. So number one, show up on your coaching calls. Don't cancel them. Have a regularity about that. You know, if if you have a call on a weekly basis, don't postpone those calls. Show up every week. Number two, be open, be transparent. Share yourself. Allow your coach to get into the hard parts of your life, the deep, dark, not so pretty parts, right? So be transparent, be vulnerable. Number three, for me, journal every day. Even if you don't feel like journaling, on that day that you don't feel like journaling, say, hi, I'm here, I'm journaling, I don't feel like journaling. And that's it. That's my journal for the day. Show up, Mm. right? Uh, One of the things we do is we record every single call with our clients. So you want to make progress, listen to your your recordings in between sessions. That way you're hearing yourself speak, but you're also getting a a second dose of coaching. And when that happens, you make progress at a greater speed, right? So these are all some of the things that will allow you to accelerate your experience. A couple of episodes ago, we were having a conversation about coaches being so skillful at picking up on up on beliefs, on thought patterns. In that conversation, you talked about how one of the things a coach can do is start to confront some of those or challenge some of those beliefs. And I would imagine, I don't even have to imagine it, I have been in an experience of being coached and finding that experience of having my beliefs challenged or my thought patterns challenged, confronting, uncomfortable, and yet I think that that's like, that's, that's coaching right there. I learned something about myself by the things that make me uncomfortable, by the things that I find edgy and challenging. I wonder if you would speak a little bit to the fact that sometimes the rough patches of coaching, where we are feeling kind of at our edge, that we learn so much about ourselves. So I want to make a distinction between 
something that feels confronting and a confrontation. Mm, Those are two different things. Totally. So part of what we do is we teach people to coach. And one of the, the pinnacle of coaching is identifying someone's beliefs, encapsulating those beliefs, and then challenging those beliefs. Challenging someone's beliefs should never be confrontational. It can be confronting, but it should never be confrontational. And so when I challenge your beliefs, it's only uncomfortable when you're not sure that I'm on your team. Mm. When you are sure that I'm on your team, when I believe in you 100%, when I am by your side, when I see you in your best light, in fact, when I see you in a light that's better than you see yourself, then it might be confronting, but it's certainly not confrontational. And it's confronting in that you're dealing with yourself. You're facing yourself. You're going, holy smokes, I've been thinking this way all my life. And the the confronting element is that thinking doesn't work for me. Am I ready to let it go? That's the confronting part. The confrontation never should never come from the coach because the coach is by your side. They're your greatest cheerleader. They're standing there waving flags, jumping up and down with their pom-poms going, I believe in you. And the the challenge here is to get you to believe in you too. Mm -hmm. And when you've spent years and years not believing in you, that feels like a rub. It's hard to let go of the habitual thoughts, the habitual beliefs you've had about yourself and trade them up for something better. It's hard to do that. That's confronting. Mm. You had spoken earlier in in our conversation today about one of the things that makes a good coachy or how to get the most out of coaching is that they stay really engaged, right? They don't cancel their calls or delay or, you know, they do their journaling. But I would imagine that a large number of the people that hire you are struggling with some sort of time deprivation, right? Like they don't have enough time. There's not enough hours in the day. It's probably a cultural epidemic, right? None of us have enough time. And yet when you insert coaching, especially frame of mind coaching, it's going to disrupt the apple cart to a certain extent because it takes time, right? You're going to want to journal every day. You want to be showing up for your calls. What are some ways that you help people maybe change their mindset about time, or at least their mindset about making time for coaching? How do you get people to adapt to that, I guess, that workload of of hiring a coach and doing journaling? I wonder if you'd speak to that. So, I mean, there's so many layers to that question. The first layer is this, like you spend so much money on things that are designed to make your life better. Could be a fancy car. It could be a vacation. It could be, you know, a comfortable couch. It could be a topper for your bed. It doesn't really matter. You're constantly spending money to make your life more comfortable. The issue is that the greatest source of discomfort is in your head, is in your mind. You are the one creating the pain for yourself, except we don't spend any money or time addressing that voice, that chatter, that internal dialogue that happens on an ongoing, incessant basis that is running you down. So number one is we address that issue. How, you know, it's time to give yourself time. But the second piece is time is a resource. And so 
people who are able to reach extraordinary goals have a very different perspective around resources. Their perspective is that there is no limitation of resources. There is no shortage of time. There is no shortage of money. There is no shortage of help or talent. There is no shortage. And they are entitled to access those resources. So if I look at myself and I look at a guy like Richard Branson, we have the same 24 hours in the day. He's not better off than I am in that sense, but he uses his time differently. He uses his his resources differently. And you're like, yeah, but Richard Branson is a multi-billionaire. Okay, but how did he get there? By thinking differently. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how leaders think and how their thinking leads to the outcomes they're getting. And by outcomes, I'm not only talking about their income or the profit margins of their companies. I'm talking about how they feel, how they live, how they exist in the world, how they build their relationships, how they wake up in the morning, either excited to get up or dreading the day. Those are outcomes too. And those are outcomes that are developed or conceived from a person's mindset. Let's talk about humility. Because I feel like that's a really important part of coaching as well. You did speak to curiosity, but I would imagine that if a leader puts up their hand, if anyone puts up their hand and says, I've reached the limit of what I'm capable of doing for my growth, that the precursor to that must be some level of humility. I wonder if you would speak a little bit to the importance of seeing you know that, that we are not limitless in terms of our growth, that sometimes we actually do need someone to help facilitate us to, on that next growth spurt, to use your language. Well, and you know, you're using the term, term humility as though it's something to be ashamed of. Mm. And I would challenge that in the sense that I think that really great leaders are constantly seeking partners in their growth journey. So it's not a thing where they go, okay, like I've tried all I could all by myself. I can't get where I want to go. Okay, fine. I'm humble. I now need to find a coach. That's not what this is. This is a person who wants to live an extraordinary life. A person who says, I want to soak up. I want to, I want to juice all that life has to offer. Mm -hmm. Right? So how do I do that? Who are my best guides in this lifetime, personally and or professionally? Who are they? How do I accelerate? How do I do this faster? How do I decide not to fumble about on my own? When you go on a a vacation, let's say to Greece or wherever, Thailand, wherever you're going, what you do is you say, okay, like, where have people been who have been here before? And who can my guide be? We have all kinds of guides. We can literally get a tour guide, somebody who lives there and take us around to all the cool spots, we can do some research and say, oh, my best friend was there last year and here are all the places that they went. In a way, these are all coaches. Mm. They're all people who are helping you determine and experience the best possible journey while you're in Thailand. You don't just go to Thailand and say, okay, I'm out of the plane. Now what? I love that. Yeah, my friend John, he he shared with me years ago this idea that we think we have how problems, but we really have who problems. 
that we look at our lives and we think, how can I fix this? Or, you know, like, what are the next steps we're trying to problem solve? But the truth is that there is someone out there who has already figured all this out. And it, all we have to do is find them and say, hey, will you just give me a few pointers or answer a few questions for me? And, and I really see that as, as a, such a crucial role of a coach is that it is this person that's dedicated to having you see better, gain better insight, and maybe go find more who's that can start to solve your problems. Yeah. Coaching is an accelerator. Mm, A thruster. Right. You want to get somewhere, work with a coach. They'll help you get there faster. And to be honest, I think more joyfully. Yeah. Yeah. And in less isolation. I know we talked about that in the last episode, but I think more and more, especially since post-COVID, we are so siloed, especially if someone is working remotely, this sense of these sort of kind of spontaneous conversations that maybe we used to have in the elevator or on our commute to work or, you know. Or going for coffee with people. Having a glass of water by the water cooler, you know, that old trope. But I think more than ever, we're just yearning to be seen and to be heard and to have someone acknowledge our individual struggle to a certain extent. And I see that coaching as being such a valuable contributor to getting us out of that. hundred percent. I mean, imagine being able to talk to someone mm-hmm. freely, mm-hmm. holding nothing back, showing all of yourself, your bumps, your bruises, your shining moments, your glory, your moments of shame, but presenting all of yourself. It's so liberating. It's so freeing. And it allows you to put down the stuff that's slowing you down and move forward at a much, much more rapid pace. I love it. I love these conversations. I just get so inspired about the whole process of coaching again and again, even though I'm so bought in and so already excited about it. You just have a way of explaining it that just makes it so relevant, so valid, and yeah, just so inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Everything Executive Coaching. For any resources or tools we spoke about in this episode, remember you can head to frameofmindcoaching.com forward slash resources or you can click on the links in the episode show notes. Thanks for being here.